Joy seekers, joy givers, anyone looking for an infusion of joy, you've come to the right place. My name is Deb McGregor, and I'm your host for today's program. One thing that's been on my mind a lot lately is what does it mean to have a duty to serve? What does it mean to be obedient to the Lord? What does it mean to be discipled and have discipleship as we move forward in life and how we serve the Lord? Well, coincidentally, of course, we know this is God incidents. I had the opportunity to come in contact with a delightful young woman who is going to talk to us about all of those topics today because she is living it. It is my pleasure to welcome to today's program, Sam Noopson. Welcome to the show. Hi, thank you. Good it, to be here. It's so good to have <laughs> you. And of course, another God incidence that you and I met because someone said, mm. hey, there's this person named Sam you should get to know, right? <laughs> <laughs> yep, very much. Very unexpected. I did not expect that call at all. Um, yeah. So very much God was like, drop that in my lap. I just love <laughs> how God works. Like, and, yeah. and when we are aware of how God is working, it's just like, bring, here it is, bring, here it is, right? Yeah. It's just, it's amazing. So Sam, when you and I first had an opportunity to have a conversation, mm-hmm. you said to me, oh yeah, no big deal. I'm going to the Naval Academy. I'm doing this mission thing. I'm like, excuse me. <laughs> we are going to get to that. But first we need to get people to that point because you mm-hmm. don't all of a sudden just go and do mission work at the Naval Academy. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't happen that way. Nope. Talk to us a little bit about your upbringing and how that actually was foundational and instrumental in this next step. Yeah. So I grew up in northern Minnesota in the area. My parents bought a resort up here in 2007. And my dad was in the Air Force for about 26 years. Um, He was Air Force Reserves. And he went back in after 9-11. And he was deployed a lot for like the first five years of my life. Um, So I never really got to see him all that much. But at the same time, I I knew in my little five-year-old self that what he was doing was really, really important and that it was really, really hard. Um, and I remember just struggling with, through that with my family, but also loving the military community so much. Um, I remember my dad coming back and telling all the stories about, you know, times with his buddies and the, the, the scary situations that they were in sometimes and, and being such a central part of my life. Um, I remember watching like Saving Private Ryan when I was seven years old. (laughs) Like slightly traumatic for me, but my dad made that a priority in in his kids' lives and me and my older brothers that veterans are deserving of respect more than basically any other group, and we need to give back to them and and provide that respect to them. And so I really just grew up loving it, um, loving that whole group of people. And when you're in a military family, it's just kind of an expected thing that you serve in some way. Um, <laughs> for me, though, when I got to the age to enlist, it was one of those things where it's like, I don't really want to serve my country, but I want to enlist so that I can serve servicemen and women who, are, who have already given their service and who have sacrificed so much. So I want to give back to those people. And so I hit 17. I met with a recruiter. And um, I was so excited about it. Like, this was the one thing that I really, really wanted to do with my life. And I got to the office, filled out the paperwork. I had this one thing. I have a medical condition that I knew I would probably need a waiver for uh, before I could even get in. So I talked to the recruiter, and I'm like, hey, this is the situation. This is what I deal with. Um, Is it going to be a big issue for me not to be able to get a waiver? 
what do, what do you think? How do I start that process? And he basically just looked at me and was like, well, there's no way you'll get a waiver, so we're not even going to try. And just completely slammed the door in my face. Like, he was blunt about it. He was kind about it, but he was blunt. And that completely shattered this entire future that I had imagined for myself. I, I never thought of myself separate from the military, ever. And this was a complete... It, it broke... It's like God took away the one desire that I had at, like, the base of my heart <laughs> that I wanted more than anything else. And I remember walking out of that office, and, that, and I was like, all right, God, I... I don't know what you want me to do anymore. I think, I guess I'll just go to college. And so I ended up going to college um, and graduated there for, for three years. But it's one of those things where I feel like God, he, he either takes away those desires in my heart. That's how he usually works. If he doesn't want me to do something, he'll take away that desire, <laughs> you know, eventually if I give it to the throne. Um, but it only got stronger the longer it went on. Like God never took that away. He, he kind of just reignited that passion over and over and over again. And by the time I graduated, I still had this burning passion for the military and the love for that community and wanting nothing more than to be a part of it. Um, so I, I looked through a lot of different... Um, a lot of different avenues for what that looked like. Because <laughs> I was originally like, oh, military history. It's kind of military. Um, and I was very ambitious. You know, I wanted a, a career. I wanted to do big, huge things with my life. And then God just kind of took that desire away last summer. I no longer wanted to be ambitious in that direction for myself. You know, all I wanted to do was to serve Christ and to tell people about Christ. And then... I thought about, well, what groups would I want to do that with? And it's like, I want nothing more than to do that with the military. So I looked around for like, well, what does that look like? Missions organizations, a bunch of different things. And I eventually found uh, my missions organization crew. And they have ROTC, um, ROTC missions groups on college campuses. So they, they serve the military community, like the young people that are just going in. And I loved that vision. I loved, I really connected with what they did and who they were and, and how passionate they were for the gospel and how much they loved people really, really, really intentionally. You know, and a lot of these, the staff that are, that are with this group are, you know, former veterans as well. So they know, they, they know the community and they know the struggles that go along with it. They do. Um, I just, I have to, like, you've said so many great things full of wisdom. I just yeah. want to pause for two seconds here. <laughs> One of the things I love that you said is when we give it to the throne. Yeah. And this is something that I think a lot of people miss. Mm -hmm. And I feel like sometimes we surface things so much, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm just going to pray about it. I'm in this. But like, when we give it to the throne, uh -huh. this is a whole nother level. Mm -hmm. Right. <laughs> yeah. And I love that you brought that up because to me, that is symbolic of a depth of your faith mm -hmm. that, frankly, a lot of people may never get to yeah. because they don't go that deep. Yeah. I was curious about when you were with the recruiter, even back in that moment, you clearly had faith at that point. Is this something that had always been a part of your world? 
Because to even be thinking yeah. in that moment about faith, there had to be a foundation there for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So my parents are, are pretty strong Christians. I grew up very involved in, in my church. Um, but I didn't get saved until I was around um, 12, year, 12 years old. I didn't choose to follow Jesus until then. Before that point, I really didn't want to. <laughs> I had no desire because it just seemed really fake to me. I had never seen the reality of, of Christ and anyone around me. And then my oldest brother, Tyler, who I adore, you know, um, I'm anyone who knows me knows that I'm obsessed with my brothers. And he ended up, when he was 18, he, he got saved. And his entire world was like completely 180. All of a sudden, he was a completely different person. He had apologized to me for things that he used to do. And you know, just completely transformed by the Holy Spirit. And then he ended up going to basic training and he shared Christ with like everyone in his units. He got baptized when he was in tech school, um, like starting small group Bible studies, all of this while he's like in the middle of basic training (laughs) in the Air Force. It's so true. When people truly accept the Lord, Mm -hmm. they get baptized by the Holy Spirit. There is a transformation and you you really can't explain it. Mm -hmm. It's one of the things that I remember hearing at Christian Healing Ministries is like there's a before and there's an after and you know the difference, you see the difference, you experience the difference in other people when that happens. And I believe that that is one of the most powerful testimonies for the Lord Mm -hmm. is when we see those type of transformations because people can't deny it at that point. Mm Mm-hmm. This yeah. is why God uses it all, right? Right, absolutely. And because I, I think it was very strategic of God, too, because he knew that at that point, Tyler was the person that I hated most and loved most in the world. <laughs> and it's one of those things where God was like, I'm going to use this single person and transform his life, and that is going to directly affect and change your view of Jesus in every way. And that was really a start of like, okay, Eventually, after a few months, I was like, no, I, I want to follow Jesus because I see the reality of him and I want that for myself. And so throughout high school, it was, it was a lot of, of growing and, <laughs> and studying the Bible for the first time that I'd never done before and actually making all of this stuff that I had learned throughout my childhood, making it personal to me and letting it affect every single choice that I made, everyone. And, I, and that was really, really important that... It's very easy, I think, for us and for me in particular to kind of keep things for ourselves. Um, it's like, okay, God, you can have this part of my life, but you can't have this one. And that was something that was God slapped me over the head with. It's like, no, I want all of you. And when it came to the point of, you know, when I was 17 and sitting in that recruiter's office, it was that, okay, I've been keeping this part of myself to myself, and I want this, God. But I knew that if God didn't want me to do that, he was going to take it away. And it was better for me and more important for me at that point to follow Christ and be true to what God had for me than to try and force my way through what I wanted for my life. So it was, when I got to that point, it was very much like, yes, I have to sacrifice this huge thing that I thought I always thought that I really wanted but at the same time, I know that God cares about that. I know he, I know that he knows that I care about that because he placed that desire in my heart from birth. He put me in this family. And if I give it to him completely and fully and let him do whatever he wants with it, he's going to transform it in some way or give me something else that's even better. He is far more worthy to take care of that <laughs> desire than I am for myself. 
Amen. Well, and I love what you're saying, because as you're talking about God knows the desire of your heart, and God has a plan for you. And if it's not this, he's going to give you something even better than that. Mm -hmm. And here he is combining your love of the Lord, the military, serving. I mean, my gosh, there's so much more to talk about. We're going to take a brief pause, but we have so much more to talk about. Uh, Because we're covering duty to serve, we're covering relationship with the Lord, we're covering obedience, we're covering discipleship. My gosh, Sam, we're covering a lot today. (laughs) This is Deb and Gregor, Live Joy, Share Joy. We are talking with Sam Noopson. We are going to be back after this brief pause. Don't go anywhere. We've got so much more to come. Since 1894, Ameriprise Financial has worked for their clients' futures, helping millions of Americans retire on their terms. Work with Ameriprise Financial Advisors Gina Ripkema, Shelley Loff, and Donna Gunderson, and together you'll develop a customized plan for your retirement. Discover the one-to-one relationship you deserve. Call Gina Ripkema, Shelley Loff, and Donna Gunderson. Office is located downtown Bemidji at 122 3rd Street Northwest or at 1202 1st Street East in Park Rapids. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Arise Financial Group, a division of Ameriprise Financial Services, Inc., a registered investment advisor. This is Deb McGregor of Life Full of Joy and Live Joy, Share Joy. I like to be infused with joy all the time. Every Monday through Friday, I do an Infusion of Joy video on Facebook and Instagram. I cover a topic related to joy and provide insights, perspectives, and distinctions, as well as offer an opportunity for you to continue digging even deeper into your own joy. Make sure you're following me on the Life Full of Joy Facebook page and on Instagram at Live Joy, Share Joy. Realtors Noemi and Harry Aylesworth are happy to share they are now affiliated with Better Homes and Gardens Real Estate First Choice, serving all of your real estate needs in Bemidji, Bagley, Black Duck, Cass Lake, and surrounding communities. They are dedicated to finding you the home you deserve. Whether you're selling or buying property, they will serve you with honesty and integrity. You can expect a better real estate experience. Life takes you many places. Let Team Aylesworth, Noemi and Harry of Better Homes and Gardens Real Estate First Choice take you home. Nourishing Ways by Kelly Joe, personalized nutrition coaching designed to help women ditch dieting for good and cultivate confidence in themselves so they can nourish their bodies with the food they love without the stress and guilt. Hi, I'm Kelly Joe. I have over 20 years working as a registered dietitian, certified intuitive eating counselor. Let me help you live the joy-filled life you crave. Contact me today on Facebook at Nourishing Ways, that's W-E-I-G-H-S, or call me today at 218-368-4911. This is Deb McGregor, Live Joy, Share Joy. We are speaking with Sam Noopson, and we are having an incredible conversation. Duty to serve, obedience to the Lord, trusting Him in everything. And wow, we have really started a great conversation, Sam. When we went into the break, you were talking about getting connected with the crew ministries, the campus ministry component, the ROTC component of it, and you just felt like resonation, resonation. Mm -hmm. Where does God take you from there? Yeah, so there's a, a couple different situations that kind of happened with that. So when I had first found Crew in this this sub-organization called Valor, which works with ROTC, I was very, very much drawn to it and knew kind of immediately that I wanted to do it and I that I thought that God was calling me to that. Um, so I went into it and I was like, hey, I think I really want to do this. And they told me that, well, you missed the deadline by like five months. So you're going to have to wait until January. <laughs> Not five days, five months. <laughs> by like five months. Right. Yay me. Um, so 
I had to wait until January before I could apply again. And it's very, um, because it's a missionary organization, it's a very intense application process. And they're very, very, very picky, which is a great thing. You know, that in and of itself is awesome. So it's like, all right. So I prayed about it for about five, for another five months <laughs> and um, went in January and the doors just stayed open and I really still wanted to do it and felt like that was where God wanted me to go. And I applied in, in late January, early February. And after kind of several different interviews and lots of conversations, all of those types of things, I got accepted in April um, to serve as a, an intern missionary um, with crew, with Valor. And after that, then it was a conversation of where are we going to put you? <laughs> and that I was really willing to go anywhere. I didn't care if God put me in California. I didn't care if he made me stay in Minnesota. I was open to going anywhere. One of the places, kind of the top two places that they had going for me were the Air Force Academy and the Naval Academy. And for some reason, they decided to put the Air Force kid at the Naval Academy. <laughs> I know. I'm a little curious about, yeah. And, and this is uh, your dad was in, in the Air Force program, right? right? Yes. That's an interesting concept. Yeah. All of, all of my family is Air Force, um, which is, yeah. So now I've gotten, you know, all the, all the smack because I'm betraying my family. And oh, I'm my sure. Heritage. But this is, yeah. I believe this is God's sense of humor. It really is. Oh, it, it 100% I is. I believe God smiles. I yeah. believe God has humor more than mm-hmm. we give him credit yeah. for, really. He does. But, you know, it's also, I think the more I learn about the Naval Academy and the culture that's there and the type of people that are there, the more I think I'm better fitted <laughs> for that particular culture, that particular place. Um, for lots of different reasons, I think, the Naval Academy is a bit more high profile um, as far as, I don't want to say sophisticated, but it just kind of has that very East Coast vibe to it, which I'm very drawn to. I love the East Coast. I lived there for two months um, last summer, and it was great. So I really connected to the culture there. But also coming in, not knowing anything about the Navy, I really get to kind of play the dumb person to these, these students that are coming in to attend the Academy. And I could just be like, hey, I know nothing about this. Why don't you tell me? And then just boom, like start a, a relationship with them right away. Um, so actually, it, in a way, it opens up a lot more doors to be able to be kind of the ignorant, stupid one. <laughs> I, I get to, it completely. Yeah. So what exactly will your role be there? I'll be involved in every single aspect of the ministry, really. Um, so I'm hoping to be there by mid-August. And that will look like kind of helping plan the events that happened throughout the semester, the different conferences, and then also being involved in all of the large group Bible studies, um, small group Bible studies, the prayer groups that happen throughout the week, you know, reaching out. But my favorite part is really going out and building relationships and doing like one-on-one discipleship with especially the women that will be there that are attending. Because right now there's very few, there's only one full-time missionary that's a, that's a girl that is at the academy. And so she's completely overwhelmed by the need and the hopelessness that is in most of these women that are attending the academy. And she needs help because the population at, of women at the academies is growing exponentially. And they're kind of being lost and forgotten about by the Christian community, um, which is really, really sad to me because they're still there and they have unique struggles that Sometimes the men don't always deal with, and there's a lot of stuff going on kind of behind closed doors, and they have no resources or tools to be able to get through those things, let alone 
you know, having to face a really difficult career of full-time military work, um, whether that be in special forces, whether that be in um, on a submarine, on a ship, wherever, you know, they, they have chosen to go and to serve. So there's so much opportunity to really catch them at a really vital point where they're having a hard time as young people, just normal, you know, normal college identity crisis issues that happen. But on top of all of the really rigorous requirements and the pressure to excel and and compete with everyone else that's there, and they have a bit more pressure than a, than a lot of the other people that attend um, and are busier often than a lot of the guys. So it's it's a really cool opportunity to be able to get them at that specific point and give them the tools that they need and give them the hope of, of the gospel and the hope of Christ so they, they can get through the normal, the normal college things at the academy and all of those hardships, but that they will go into leadership roles within our nation's military prepared and equipped with the hope of the gospel and that they'll be able to share it with so many people around the world, you know, once they graduate, because they could be sent across on the other side of the, on the opposite side of the world. So they have such a ministry, even in their own careers, and such a cool group of people wherever they go to be able to minister to. So in that way, it's almost like a mini missions organization in yeah, and of itself. Absolutely. Well, yeah. and I love that you're bringing that up. They naturally are traveling all over. They naturally mm-hmm. understand what it means to be part of community. Yeah. And I think this just gives it an, a whole nother layer of mm-hmm. everything in there. Yeah. You mentioned uh, leading Bible studies, and I know you are very passionate about the word. Mm-hmm. What is your driving stri- scripture for you? Like, what is the one that you just naturally go to? Oh, Second um, Corinthians twelve nine for sure. That has been my key verse and my theme verse for my life probably since high school, and it's never changed. Um, I'm a very strong, like, independent person, <laughs> so I try and struggle with trying to do everything in my own power and taking control of my own life. If I want something, I'm going to go do it. You kind of see that in lots of different patterns throughout my life. But something that God has really taught me, and it just in, in various points of my life, that no, you don't, you don't have control over your life, your life, whether you like it or not. And where he says in, in 2 Corinthians, he says, my strength or his strength is made perfect in my weakness. Um, therefore will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ will rest upon me. It's that idea, again, of of dying daily to myself, which is really hard to learn, and it's a tough pill to swallow, but it really puts everything into perspective and drives every part of my life because it reminds me that Christ is at the center of every part of my life, and he is the reason that I do everything, you know? And I want to really be able to share that with a lot of, like, the Naval Academy Um, female midshipmen because they come from that same perspective where they're used to doing everything on their own. They're used to succeeding on their own. And now, you know, sometimes they get to a point where they fail and they don't know what to do with it. They they don't know how to handle it. But through Christ, Christ is always there. And if he is your identity and if he is what drives you and gets you up in the morning, if, if, if he is the center of your life and the center of your joy, then nothing can overthrow that. And he promises that to us. Yeah. And so that is such a cool thing to be able to share with other people and how God continually works in me every single day and, and shows me a new nuance of, 
of that principle and that. Absolutely. Subject. No, I love this. I'm, as, I'm, as you're talking, I'm like, God truly has you in the perfect role, like your passion for Christ, passion for military, mm-hmm. passion to serve, and this passion around the duty of serving. Like, yeah. I'm just like, could God have created a more clear path for you? <laughs> I mean, it just seems so obvious <laughs> from this so. side of the coin here. Yeah. So obviously, these things aren't, they don't just happen, right? And I know mm-hmm. one of the components of this is the need to raise funds for this mission work. Mm-hmm. Talk to us about what that looks like and what are you responsible mm-hmm. for? How do other people help you in this endeavor? Right. So Crew is um, a missions organization primarily. It doesn't have central funds for paying salaries or ministry expenses or anything like that. So, so staff that come on to Crew have to raise their complete support by individuals and churches um, to come onto their team and partner with them. So right now I'm in the process of that that ministry partner development is what we call it. <laughs> ministry partner development, yes. i.e. I need money. Uh, right, yeah. <laughs> so exactly. talk to us about what that looks like. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so um, basically I, I meet with people um, kind of throughout the week and I have until August 1st to raise my full support. And that looks like, you know, I contact a bunch of people, a bunch of churches or people get in contact with me. We set a meeting and I can share with them about my ministry and and what that looks like to give. But right now I have uh, a monthly goal that I need to reach. So um, that is just monthly consistent support coming in. And that will be about $100 a month or any other amount that's significant to them. You know, that's one of the things, whatever God <laughs> leads you to give praise him. But it's that monthly consistent support that I'm I'm looking for, a team of partners to be with me in this long term. So if someone's listening and they mm-hmm. feel called, how would they reach out to you to be able to support this? Mm-hmm. Right. Well, you can email me, I think, to, I can give my email, but you can email me to set up a meeting if you want to hear about questions like that. Otherwise, you can also go, I have a giving page on the crew website. Um, it's give.crew.org. And on there, you can search for my name, and there's my profile. It has a summary of my ministry and also a link to be able to give and set up your your monthly account if you want to do that. It also has my email at the bottom of there if you want to come out and, and get in touch with me so that you know, we can have a meeting and answer questions and talk about Jesus, all those fun things. I know this is the thing. It's like, it's way too much fun. Yeah. <laughs> like, seriously. I mean, speaking of way too much fun, it's like here the clock keeps going, going, going. So give.crew.org. They right. can go there. They can find your project. Mm-hmm. And then your emails also there. Somebody may have additional questions. They may want to yes. really get in some specific components of that. Mm-hmm. Sam, I feel like there's just so much more we could talk about. But um, unfortunately, as always, that that clock does keep ticking. Any final thoughts that you would just want to share, just like in a a phrase, uh, in inspiration, in encouragement to other people who may be thinking about doing this type of work? Mm -hmm. Honestly, I think the biggest thing that has driven me is that if, if you're holding on to anything for yourself, let it go because it's not yours. (laughs) no matter what you say to yourself it is not yours it is God's and he cares about it and he will take care of it amen amen sister (laughs) Sam thanks so much for joining us today this has been amazing yeah oh my goodness we want to thank Sam Noopson for coming in today she is doing amazing work please keep praying for her and praying for this mission and the work that she's going to be doing to reach our brothers and sisters it's going to be amazing We want to thank all of you for choosing to listen today. We want to remind you to live joy, share joy. We want to thank Philip Elke for engineering today's program. 
We wish you a blessed day, friends. This is Deb McGregor. Live joy, share joy. Deb McGregor of Life Full of Joy. Thank you for tuning in to Live Joy, Share Joy. We currently have availability for corporate sponsors on the show. Do you want to be aligned with all things joy and reach our listening audience? We have several options available, including our joy boosters. Contact your QFM today for sponsorship details.